This is Taiwan Bound, the English language podcast of Tel Aviv University. Please welcome your host, Ido Aroni, Tel Aviv University's graduate, member of the Board of Governors, lecturer, writer, and veteran diplomat. Welcome to Tau Unbound. I'm Ido Aharoni, your host, and today I have the honor and the privilege to have with us in the studio two of the best of the best that we have, two students that are also volunteers, Yaeli Benovich and Ophir Inbar. Welcome to our studio. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you very much. It's such a pleasure. You know, usually we have uh, faculty, we have great scientists, we have great administrators, But it's such a pleasure to have two students, albeit advanced degrees, right? Ophir, you're a PhD student, and Yaeli, you're a master's student. Uh, but before we talk about your academic uh, interest, uh, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourselves, okay? We'll start with you, Yaeli. What can you tell us about yourself? Where were you raised? Uh, what brought you to what you're doing today? Yeah, so... Uh... Originally, I'm from Herzliya, but uh, my uh, high school I spent in Slebuker, in the environmental uh, college there, high school over there. And that was the place when I uh, started my journey with the environment and with the environment projects. Which, uh, so how did you decide to go from Herzliya to the Negev? It was the hardest decision that I ever made, but was the best one. Because uh, it was very hard to leave uh, the house, my, ha- my home, in the age of 15. But eventually it was the best de- decision that I ever made. So you, you went to the boarding school, right? Yeah. So you, you lived there in, in the Negev. And you also had a chance, I'm assuming, to become familiar with the vision of David Ben-Gurion. Of course. For, for the Negev and, and his vision in general. Uh, what would you say is the most important thing that you learned from Ben-Gurion's vision? Well, I guess it, it would be to, to look for other people around us and to understand their way of living, to, to see how they think and how they uh, manage their families. And it's so different than our um, vision and to accept it, you know, not just to see it and to say that's how they do it, but more to accept it and to try to find uh, similarities Uh, yeah so this and you know I, I attended um, the screening of uh, Ben Gurion the, the epilogue the documentary that was made actually by two uh, faculty members here at Tel Aviv University Ariv Moser and Yael Perlov and I noticed how um, non-israeli audiences are reacting to the movie especially to the act that Ben Gurion is moving to the desert mm-hmm. after his retirement and many people just couldn't believe it. People ask me, what kind of person does things like that? It's amazing, right? We don't see any leader today in the world setting such a huge example for the younger generation. And in many ways, Yaeli, you're following the vision of Ben-Gurion. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And also we have to think that it was in a time that the infrastructure was so different from today. Today it's so easy going to Mitzpah Ramon, visiting the, the Negev, But then it was very hard. It, it was the real frontier. It took yeah. hours to get to Sdeboke. Yeah. And what about you, Ophir? Tell us, where were you raised? Uh, I was born here, just next to Tel Aviv University in Ramat Aviv. And then we went for a few years to United States, to Orlando, Florida. And after, I was uh, raised in uh, Kirat Yvonne, 
in uh, you know in the northern part in Israel. So you, you went from Disney World to Kreativon. Yeah, yeah, I was many times in Disney World, it was amazing. And uh, I was uh, raised in Kreativon until the army. And uh, today I live in a Kibbutz Eyal with my wife and my daughter, young daughter. So Kibbutz Eyal is uh, rather central, right? It's not far from Kfar Saba. Yeah. Um, by the way, I had a, it used to be in a different location um, many years ago. I'm sure you know the history of the kibbutz. Sure. Um, and so what, what, uh, what is the reason that you were drawn to what you're doing today, to helping others? Uh, wow, it's a hard question. I think, you know, like um, from a little uh, age, I really love environment. I love to travel. I love to be with people and to get known uh, with other cultures. And uh, uh, my PhD focused on uh, water, water and envir- environmental issues. And in those subjects, you have very, very serious problems, both in the developing world and also in, you know, in the Western world. Um, and I think there is a lot of place for help uh, in these uh, issues. So what is the question that you're trying to answer in your PhD? My uh, PhD is focusing about how to bring AI, artificial intelligence technologies, into the water sector, both in wastewater areas and also in a, a drinking water a, a treatment. So those are the main uh, topics of the It's PhD. It's so fascinating. You know, I spent some time in Canada and um, as, a, as a diplomat visiting and also I replaced the Consul General in Toronto for a few weeks one time. And what I discovered, you know, people think of Canada as a country that has unlimited amounts of water. But it turns out that even in Canada, they have huge challenges of managing water. So water management, not just water production, not just water purification, but also the very management of the water system is a huge challenge. Uh, let me ask you, Eli, what is your subject of your master's thesis? Well, actually, it's... Uh, it's- About our project in Tanzania, my research, I decided to combine it with uh, the work that we do in Tanzania. And my research is about um, wash programs um, in Tanzania if our program is helping uh, the students. So what I mean about that is, as you know, wash is abbreviation of water, sanitation and hygiene. This is what our project is all about. And we have a lot of researchers today that are um, in public health that the, uh, the, the, the health of the people um, conducting these wash programs is improved. But this research is taking one step ahead and asking whether th- those students who went through this wash program are more um, are more have increased hope in their life, increased meaning in life, have more uh, different mindset of problem solving and trying to, uh, to see different ways to, to solve their problems in their rural local communities. So when you solve that problem, you discover that it elevates their life in other spheres. Exactly. exactly. So they feel families, more confident, yeah. they feel more secure, and mm-hmm. as a result, they can achieve more. Yeah, uh, that's a very, more. very interesting concept. It's a very interesting concept. Um, well, you mentioned uh, the project that you're doing in Tanzania, and uh, I didn't even introduce the project. Uh, yeah. This is the, the point in the podcast where <laughs> I 
uh, uh, tell our listeners and our viewers that the reason why you're here, in on top of the fact that you're just two lovely, brilliant, charming uh, students of Tel Aviv University, is because you are members of a very unique group uh, called Engineers Without Borders, which is part of the Africa team, would you call it? Team Africa? Exactly. Yeah. Team Africa. And it's a group that consists of 20 students, all of them from Tel Aviv University, and that you're dedicated to the resolution of a crisis in the area of water in northern Tanzania. And I'd like to mention that it just so happened that I'm in touch with the embassy of Tanzania in, in, in Ramat Gan and with Ambassador Alex Kalua, who's a great guy. In fact, I'll be having a meeting with him tomorrow. And uh, he's a wonderful human being. And I know that the the government there is really invested in promoting the well-being of its own people. So tell me, how did you first hear about the problem? Ophir, we'll start with you. Uh, okay, so uh, Africa Group of Engineers Without Borders is, uh, is working for 10 or more years here in the university. So you know, when you're a student here, you hear about it, you know students that are going to, to this project, and uh, both me and Yaeli decided to join the project uh, two years ago or so. And uh, when you are introduced to the project, you suddenly hear and no getting known about the huge problem of water in Tanzania. It's right that the government, and we also have a great relationship with Alex and the embassy team, both in Israel and also the Israeli embassy there in uh, Kenya that is in charge of uh, Tanzania, they are investing a lot of money and a lot of effort, and it's great to see it. When you're there, you see the, the, the work that they are doing, but there is a huge gap, and this is the gap that we are trying to fill out in a, our project in Tanzania. Now, Yaeli, can you share with us the first, your first visit to, to, the, to the place, to Tanzania? Wow, yeah. So actually, it was my second time in Tanzania. I was a traveler before that. But in my second time working together with Engineers Without Borders, I came to this uh, rural area. It's a very arid climate area, so you don't see much uh, greenery or stuff like that. It's like desert area. And, you know, in Tanzania, we, we are as tourists. We see a lot of places and the beautiful ones. And uh, it's, it was so different. It was so close to the uh, safari area. But it's, it was so different. The rural uh, po population um, living so differently. And uh, we have the problem of uh, poverty. So you say there's a, there's a big gap between the tourist attractions that are hugely popular, even among Israelis. I know that many Israelis travel mm -hmm. for safari and mountain climbing and all those things. And then, uh, obviously, the, you have communities in, in distress or fear. Uh, so what what is exactly the project? What is it that you're doing on the ground? Okay, so first of all, we are working in Babati district, which is in the northern part of Tanzania. And we're f f focusing on uh, providing water to the communities, specifically in schools, by building with the community rainwater harvesting systems in the schools. Uh, currently, we have nine projects that are all already operating some of them almost for 10 years uh, and now. And we also uh, do educational projects. The, uh, the Africa group is not only about providing water because we know that maybe this is the most easier part 
to just come and build the systems. We also want to bring a holistic uh, solution. So we are focusing a lot of, on educational projects in schools, to the students, to the teachers, to the principals of the schools. So this is basically the project. So, so you're talking about two components. One is to tackle the issue of water, and my understanding is that you're using the rooftops to collect the water, right? Yes. So we'll talk about how, how this is being done. It's fascinating. And then you're saying there's a whole other dimension, which is educating people. Now, the education efforts, Yaeli, are concentrating on what? Educating them how to think of solutions. What's the, what's the effort? So it's interesting because we have three different domains. You know, we have um, working with the students about um, hygiene and sanitation and how to identify the water are purified or they're not good for drinking um, because they're drinking their groundwater, which are, can, you can see by your eyes that it is different um, um, qualities. We have also a problem with the teachers and the head teachers, as Ophir mentioned, that is the... The idea, the goal is to deliver the knowledge, because we are not there all year long, to deliver the knowledge to teachers and to head teachers, so they will deliver the knowledge uh, throughout the year. And the third domain is working with uh, local NGOs, local um, organizations that are dedicated for educational uh, topics, and we're working with them to conduct uh, uh, seminars uh, for teachers, for students, and to think about ways to collaborate in the future um, in the educational uh, part. Now, Ophir, how do you prepare a rooftop to collect water? <laughs> okay, this is something that we're preparing all the year. Just before I answer the question, it's very important that this is something that we're emphasizing in our group because we see many, many NGOs, and we want that our projects will work for a long time. This is the reason that we're working together with the community. Every project starts with an MOU that defines exactly what we are bringing to the project and what the community brings to the project. It signs with the district uh, uh, administrative and the head of the district. And this is something that uh, makes them in charge of the system. It's theirs, it's not ours. We are helping, but we are working together. Now about the roof, so uh, we are coming before we are building, we are coming and we are doing like a, a, a delegation that does research in the school. What is the size of the roof? How many students are in the school? Because we need to calculate how many tanks of water do we need to bring with us. We are talking with the school, where can we put the system? Because you know, sometimes you don't want to put it just in the middle of the school because all the kids will come and, uh, uh, and break them. So actually, the system is very simple. And this is something that we're, this is our North Star to build very simple systems that are first cost effective, they're not expensive. Secondly, they can come and they can duplicate the systems also to their houses. Now, they don't need to bring to build a special one. If they just build gutters and, uh, you know, some small tanks, it's also okay. Uh, so we're coming, we're working there for two weeks, very hard. We have many stories about working there with the community. And uh, we are building a system that can be until uh, 50,000 liters per school. Wow, that's, that's impressive. Yaeli, um, I'm assuming many young people like yourselves will be listening to this podcast and watching it on YouTube. Um, 
to those of them who are interested in joining you, what do they have to do? First thing, they have to know that they don't have to be engineers to be in this project. It's something that we are trying to say wherever we can. We are not a group of only engineers doing this uh, amazing work. We, because of the, our holistic approach, we have a lot of people coming from different uh, backgrounds. This is the first thing to know. The second thing to know, I think, in my uh, side, is to understand a bit that there is a cultural gap, that uh, we, are, we are coming not to change the life and to, do, to be heroes in these communities. We are coming to work together with the communities to understand their needs and uh, to, to find also local solutions. They have the local knowledge that we don't have, and it's something that we're coming not like, a, like the white savior coming to Africa and change the life of uh, the local community. Uh, we're coming to, to work together with them. So it's something that... Yes, uh, yes, obviously that's a very important point. So you're, you're there as a partner, not as someone who's you know, exactly. uh, imposing a solution on an unwilling population. The, um, what have you personally, tell me about the fulfillment personally that you have experienced uh, through your involvement in this project. Wow. So, yeah, this, you know, this is the, 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 the project that drives my life right now. I'm really, really curious about this work. And actually, a few weeks ago, we have we had uh, um, pictures in WhatsApp group with the uh, local community. They picture us. Uh, they picture the the tanks, full tanks of the of water after a long time of drought uh, over there. It was I think two years of a drought, and and we got a picture with, with the tanks full of water, which was a big celebration over there. And over here, we celebrate it. And it was uh, this was a moment of uh, fulfillment for me. <laughs> and uh, what about you, Afir, in terms of your moment of fulfillment, your moment of, of, of just share with us one one or two highlights. One or two highlights. First of all, I think that uh, when you're working with a different culture, it's uh, like putting a face uh, uh, around you. So first of all, like every time that I come back to Israel after visiting Tanzania, uh, I'm trying to say myself, okay, the family is the most important thing because there, the family is so important. You know, the grandchildren takes care of the grandpas and take care of the, uh, their parents when they're old. And you know, here in Israel, it's something different. Maybe you live two hours from your uh, family. So I think really that uh, this is the first thing. And the other thing um, is every time that we come there in the first day, it's so amazing to see the friendship, the real friendship that we have with some people in the community. You know, we're talking about football, you know, now there was the World Cup and family, uh, you know, people uh, and really friends. And it's not like coming there as a tourist or, you know, as a worker. It's much more than that. So you become part of the community and you're also exposed to their own Uh, lifestyle and their value system, right? Yeah. You, you mentioned that the centrality of the nuclear family in, in their lives. Now, I know that, um, that what you're doing, um, is you're not doing alone, right? You have many other partners and you have many other people that are helping you. Uh, who would you uh, would like to acknowledge as the people that, that help you in this project, this amazing project, really? Okay, we have a lot of partners. First of all, 
you know, you need money to do this, this uh, kind of project. We're going to Tanzania, we're buying the tanks, uh, we're working all year. So we have many partners and donors. I think first we need to mention uh, our supervisor, both me and Yaeli, is uh, Professor Dror Avisar, the head of the Water Research Center here in Tel Aviv University. For all his support, and you know, we invest time during our PhD or master's doing other work. And he's like supporting us and it's really amazing. And I think it's a example of like how to be a very good supervisor. Uh, well, well, we would love to have him as a guest in this podcast. This it, would be amazing. <laughs> he talks very interesting about water and water issues. We have also, you know, outside of Tel Aviv University, we have many donors, companies and uh, business people. And here in Tel Aviv University, I think we must mention the international uh, uh, division here, uh, Professor Milet Shamir, Maureen, the head of the uh, 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 Lowry School, International School, and also Sharon, uh, that are supporting us a lot, both in money and also in uh, knowledge advices. And we are very proud and happy with uh, the collaboration with them. Well, the, the, um, I'm assuming that there are many people listening to us right now that would like to help. Um, maybe people that are unable to physically join you and, and you know, help you with the, with the actual work on the ground, but they'd like to help maybe financially, maybe otherwise. Uh, what would you say to them? Uh, why should they be, you know, there's so many other projects. Why, why should they support your project? Well, I guess the first thing to know about us that uh, many projects working very boldly in the bigger picture, working with a, a lot of schools doing a lot of impact, but uh, our project is very different from the, those projects in the way it works with the local community hands-on for 10 years with the same people. As Ophir mentioned, we have their really good uh, friendships and this is something that we, we can't live there until we know for sure that those systems will be maintained after we go. So it's something that we take it as the first priority um, when we're trying to expand to new areas as we're trying to right now. We're thinking all the time how can we leave a system that we already uh, installed without uh, making it neglected. Yeah, sustainability is a big, a big issue. I know that there are many people with good intentions that uh, implement uh, all sorts of projects that are not sustainable, and uh, it's a lot of uh, energy and money and 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 efforts that are, um, you know, are being wasted. And I've seen it time and again in Africa and in other places. Um, in my in my many years in public service. Um, well, I just wanted to, to let you know that this has been a, a very inspirational conversation for me, and I'm sure that for our listeners and our viewers, um, I would like to thank you for, for taking the time to be with us, and I, I would like to wish you much success on behalf of all of us. I think what you're doing is incredible, and uh, you're bringing a great deal of pride to this institution and to, to Israeli society in general. Is there anything... Uh, you want to say before we conclude the podcast to our listeners and viewers? Uh, thank you very much for you. My pleasure. It was a pleasure. And if somebody wants to contact us, so maybe we can add it also in the description, but our website is ewbta.com. 
And you can find us in all the social media, but you can start e- there. EWBTA.com. Yeah. That's your website. And, uh, and I'm so happy to serve as your promoter because you deserve it. Thank you so much. Thank Until the next time us. we see each other. And to our viewers and listeners, thank you for being with us. Until the next, next episode, goodbye from Tel Aviv.